Welcome to the Left Hand Church Podcast. My name's Paula Stone-Williams, and I'm one of the co-pastors here. We're so glad that you're with us. We love having you join us here at Left Hand. We would love it if you would join us in a financial way as well. You can text any amount to 84321, and we'll receive it. You also can go to our website, lefthandchurch.org, and you can find out there how you can donate. Every time we begin a service, we begin with these words. Married, divorced, and single here. It's one family that mingles here. Conservative and liberal here. We've all got to give a little here. Big and small here. There's room for us all here. Doubt and belief here. We all can receive here. LGBTQ and straight here. There is no hate here. Woman, non-binary, and man here. Everyone can here. Whatever your race here, for all of us, grace here. In imitation of the ridiculous love Almighty God has for each of us and all of us, let us live and love without labels. Welcome. It is Pride Month and Pride Sunday at Left Hand Church. I am, yay. My name is Christy Sykes. I'm an associate pastor here. My pronouns are she, her. And I am just delighted to welcome you to this space where we delight in the gorgeous diversity God has created, the many sexual orientations that testify to a boundless love that cannot be contained, where we praise the expansiveness of gender and how our trans and non-binary siblings glorify a God who is beyond gender, who fluctuates and moves between gender performances as she chooses. I am so moved to have you celebrate Pride with us and experience a church that does not just welcome LGBTQIA siblings, we embrace and celebrate with love and compassion. So welcome. What might Jesus have to say about Pride? I think he would say to a queer person, you were created in love. I love you in ways you cannot imagine. God wants nothing but good for you. Leave the shame behind and embrace your authentic self and help me in my goal to create a more love and kindness into this world. Whether you are gay, straight, trans, or queer, Jesus is saying the same thing to each one of you. Pride is about recognizing the inherent human dignity of every human being, regardless of their sexuality or gender identity. Everyone has the right to live their life as a beloved child of God. Nowhere in our sacred story will you ever hear God say that we are not born to love. Pride is about making the valleys rise and the mountains fall until the horizon is level, where everyone is treated the same regardless of who they love, where everyone is free to marry in the place of their choice, where everyone is safe to walk down the street holding the hand of the person they love without fear, where every human being is free to live their life without fear of their sexuality or gender identity. And until this, there will be a need for pride. There's a great graphic on social media right now that many of you have shared and reshared, and it says um, what you think pride is, and then it says rainbows and parades. And then it says what pride actually is, and then the graphic says living life as your authentic self feeling free, loving yourself more than needing to be loved by others, being accepted and respected, protecting gay and trans youth, fighting for equal rights, honoring those who paved the way, and, and also still rainbows. 
very important. I bring my own queer identity forward today, first because it's Pride Weekend, and second because I'm so grateful and blessed to be alive and joyful and deeply myself today. Well, pages are backwards, sorry about that. My queer identity lens shapes my reading of today's gospel passage, just like your unique lens shapes your reading. We all have theological glasses that we wear every day of our lives, whether we know it or not. Some folks have rose-tinted ones. Some have polarized glasses that reduce the glare. Others have those cool transition ones that are clear on the inside and get dark when you're outside. And what I do know about glasses is that sometimes you forget that you're wearing them. There's something in our brain chemistry that allows us to forget things that remain in our line of sight for an extended amount of time. Like when you're looking for your glasses and they're on your face or they're propped on your head. It happens to me a lot. For the past several weeks, we've been talking about age-old stories of the Bible retold through different lenses. You know, the ones you probably heard over and over like every three years the entire time you grew up, if you grew up in church. So I'd like to take a brief look at one of those stories today the good shepherd and his sheep. You think everything's been said, but wait, I have on the queer glasses that refract the rainbow lenses. So let's look at John 10, verses one through six. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. The first thing that struck me when I read this story is the importance of a name. Jesus gives the example of a shepherd who comes into the sheep pen. Traditionally, if you lived in a small community, everyone would keep their sheep together in one big pen um, if they weren't out to pasture. And then each individual shepherd would go in, sort out which sheep were theirs whenever it was time for breeding or shearing or time to move to a new feeding ground. But sorting out the sheep um, could definitely be a pain. The shepherd Jesus describes in John 10 doesn't have that problem. He goes into the pen and he just calls each sheep by name. And the sheep recognizes his voice and it comes running. Now if you're a straight or a cisgender person reading this passage and you know that Jesus calls himself the good shepherd a couple verses later, this vision might be really comforting. The good shepherd knows your name. For our trans and non-binary siblings, well, they might have some questions. Like, if I change my name, will the Good Shepherd still know me? Of course. If we believe that the God of the whole universe knows us deeply and fully, then the answer has to be yes. Yes, God has always known your name, even when no one else did, including you. And no, God doesn't need a stamped and signed court order before he can love you and your name. Amen. Certainly, if God knows the number of hairs on our heads, as Jesus says in Luke 12, then God can keep up with your name change. But unless we have LGBTQ plus folks reading scripture, scripture through their particular lenses, 
most Christians may not even get to asking these interesting questions. We get stuck with phrases like, Jesus loves you, without asking any questions about who you really are and how you can be fully present in that relationship. So here's your fun fact for the day. Do you know why we call ministry leaders pastors? And this is not a John Gaddis joke. This is like legit question. <laughs> it turns out pastor is the Latin word for shepherd. So faith leaders in general are meant to sh help shepherd their flock of believers, but because they're human, of course, sometimes they get it wrong. In the case of church leaders who vilify, condemn, victimize, silence, and heap shame on LGBTQIA people, they have gotten the Good Shepherd's gospel very, very wrong. And Jesus recognize, re recognizes that some people will screw this shepherd thing up. In this story, he paints himself in opposition to two different groups who could harm the flock. First, Jesus says there are thieves and bandits out there who climb over the fence to kill and destroy. There are people who, for whatever reason, want to harm those who are just looking for safety, community, and a little food and water. Second, Jesus says there are hired hands, shepherds who are trying their best, but who at the end of the day value their own skin and their own reputation more than the well-being of the flock because they are not fully invested. As LGBTQIA folks, we have suffered and are suffering because of the actions of bandits and hired hands. Many of these folks tell us they're hurting us because they love us, like the people who say that they're going to continue using a person's birth name because they believe they must speak truth and love. When Christians use the word love to cover things like conversion therapy, which does lasting harm to the mind, body, and soul of a person, we have to ask what went wrong with the definition of the word. Let's keep reading. John 10, verses 14 through 18. I am the good shepherd, I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as God knows me and I know God, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my God loves me is that I lay down my life, only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my God. Jesus is putting the word love back into context by showing us what the real good shepherd looks like. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. As I was reading this, I couldn't help but skip ahead to Jesus' words to his disciples just a, a couple of chapters later, right before his crucifixion. In John 15, he says, this is my commandment that you love one another as I has, have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. So what true love and true shepherding looks like is a willingness to die for the flock, a willingness to put everything on the line for the well-being of the community. LGBTQ plus folks have been doing this for decades. We have no shortage of martyrs in our history as people of diverse sexualities and gender identities because we already know what real love looks like. Whether we realize it or not, when we work for justice for the oppressed and the marginalized, we're following the example of our good shepherd. We are living into our truest identities as sheep in God's flock. And when it comes to those megachurch pastors and conservative pundits and even your own 
Dear Aunt Jane, who keeps telling you that you don't actually belong, well, at the end of this passage, Jesus says, I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also. The Good Shepherd wants us to thrive, individually and communally. And part of how we learn to do this is by valuing each other's lenses and experiences. The truth of the matter is that when we all belong to one flock, we realize that we need each other in order to be whole. So many LGBTQIA people have fought their whole lives to be accepted by the church. And so it's been easy to forget that the church actually needs us too. Queer communities have so much to contribute to Christian theology, and we have been contributing for a really long time, even if we haven't always been able to do it openly. From gender non-conforming saints like Joan of Arc to gay bishops like Jean Robinson, those of us who are both queer and Christian, break down the binaries between the flocks and live into a future where we can all experience abundant life together because we need each other. The church needs you just as you are, and Jesus has already called you to be one of his beloved community. Don't let any bandits or hired hands take that knowledge away from you. I want to end today by encouraging each one of us to keep listening for the shepherd's voice, calling our name, our given name, our chosen name. It turns out we sheep have no idea who the shepherd has in the pen across the road. As sheep, it's not our job to decide who's in and who's out. Only the good shepherd can do that. And he has some really great news for all of us in verse 16. Eventually, we will all be one flock. We will all be one flock. Eventually, we will all be brought together and realize that we are part of the same family all along. Part of the same family and the same flock under one shepherd. A shepherd who cares deeply about our well-being. Who is invested in each individual and in the integrity of the whole. Jesus said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. What does it mean to have abundant life rather than just life? Honestly, it reminds me a lot about how we talk about supporting our queer youth. We want them to be able to move from surviving to thriving, from just having the basics like enough food and clothing and a safe place to sleep to having access to education and health care and the love of individuals and communities around them and a sense of self-determination and self-worth and the freedom to live proudly. Those pages were actually switched. And so that was, that was the page before, but it, it flowed real nicely. So thanks for hanging with me in that. So, so yeah, so just remember when I said, when I was closing the message, um, what I would love to do is invite um, any queer folks that are in this left-hand community, so anyone here today in this room, if you're comfortable to come up and join me and be seen and be heard and be celebrated and be blessed and be loved. Um, I have a, a, something written here that I would love for you to say, um, and it's easy. It just says, I am made in God's image. I am Christy. I am a partner. You, that's not what you're going to say. You're going to insert your own words there. Uh, I am a sister. I'm a daughter. I'm a beautiful, beloved. I am beautiful, beloved, unique, and whole. And then I would invite you to stay up here for a blessing. If you um, would like to come up and join me, you may. Otherwise, um, you can just remain seated.
Well, right. I mean, you can all come together. That's the beauty of it. And also, you don't have to. Yeah, come now. I am made in God's image. I am August. I am a psychologist, a daughter, and a sister. I am beautiful, beloved, unique, and whole. I'm going to just rearrange this a minute. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. I am made in God's image. I am how. I am a man. I am a teacher and a son of Christ. I am beautiful, beloved, unique, and whole. I'm going to tweak mine a little bit and just say, um, a daughter of the universe, I am... Mara, and I'm a partner to this beautiful pastor to my right. Uh, I'm a coach, and I'm grateful. So I'm beautiful, beloved, unique, and whole. Thank you. I am made in God's image. I am Haley. I am a wife. I am a queer person. I am a badass. And I am, <laughs> and I am beautiful, beloved, unique, and whole. I am made in God's image. I am a Leah. I am a parent of three. I am a caretaker of livestock and land. And I am a Hispanic woman. I am beloved. I'm beautiful, beloved, unique, and whole. I am made in God's image. I am Karen. I am a parent. I am a partner. And I am complete in all my parts. I am beautiful, beloved, unique, and whole. I am made in God's image. I am Shannon. I am deep. I am creative. And I'm downright adorable. <laughs> I am beautiful, beloved, unique, and oh, I wasn't supposed to read that. <laughs> I am made in God's image. I am Mary Jo. I am fiery. I am feisty. And I am flawed. Mm. I am beautiful, beloved, unique, and whole. I am made in God's image. I'm Ingrid. I'm queer. I'm a sister and a daughter. And I'm beautiful, beloved, unique, and whole. I am made in God's image. I am Gwen. I am a wife and a host mom. I am bisexual, a conservationist, and a creative. I am beautiful, beloved, unique, and whole. I am made in God's image. I am Christy. I'm a mother. I'm a midwife. I'm a friend. I am beautiful, beloved, unique, and whole. I am made in God's image. I'm Holly. I am a wife, a daughter, and a friend. I am beautiful, beloved, unique, and whole. I am made in God's image. I am Hunter. Uh, I am a child, a sibling. 
an assertively different person. Um, I am beautiful, beloved, unique, and whole. I'm Paula. I'm a pastor. I'm on sabbatical. <laughs> but I'm made in God's image. I'm unique. I'm whole. I'm true. I'm healed. And I'm here. All right, I'll come back up here now. Oh, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Uh, oh, you're taller than I am. Um, that was her, not me. Oh, I got you, got you. Okay. I am made in God's image. I am Heather Lynn or River. I am non binary and pansexual. I am neurodiverse. I am a purity culture survivor and dropout. <laughs> I am artist and singer-songwriter, and I'm deeply empathetic and passionate about love in this world. I am beautiful, beloved, unique, and whole. Thank you, Christy. <laughs> Can we get everybody? All right, all right, y'all come back up here now and get all tight and close and sweet right here. Don't trip. Yeah, sure. That'd be awesome. I had like I had three plants that were like ready to come up here, and I never expected all of these folks to come. So thank you so much. If the rest of y'all would um, raise your hand or both of your hands toward these folks, I would love to say a blessing over them. May you feel surrounded by people who walk alongside you, who value your gifts, and who will include you in the life of this community. May you feel truly seen and loved in all of your uniqueness, wonder, and beauty. May you know in your heart that you are wholly and wonderfully made in the beloved image of our God who created you. And for the rest of us, church, may we celebrate in the joy of God's presence that pride and courage are a part of what we mean when we talk about abundant life together. Amen. This is John Gaddis. I'm one of the co-pastors here at Left Hand Church. As you listen to this teaching, we hope it was a reminder that the love of God is bigger, more inclusive, and filled with more grace than any of us can imagine. There is truly room for us all here. If you have any questions about Left Hand Church or this teaching, please email me at john at lefthandchurch.org. You can also tune into our live stream services on our church Facebook page every Sunday at 5 p.m. Mountain for great music and original teachings. Thank you for joining us.